Hi everybody and welcome to Growth Week. This is a monthly week-long conversation that is aimed at helping you grow intentionally in every aspect of your life. So wherever you find yourself today, this podcast will challenge you to take the next practical step towards your God-given purpose and potential. My name is Justin Doro. I'm a certified John Maxwell Leadership Coach and I'm also the lead pastor here at Word of Truth Ministry. With me in the studio is one of our ministry directors and co-host, Robin Aldea. Hey everybody and welcome to Growth Week. This whole week we've been talking about growing your influence. This has been a very uh, crucial conversation to have and as usual I am delighted to be sitting next to Robin having this great conversation. How are you doing today Robin? I'm really good Pastor Jay. I'm excited to continue this conversation all about growing our influence. So that is what we've been speaking about this whole week. Monday, we started off speaking about the age of influence that we are currently living in. And then the next day we spoke about having intentional influence. You know, influence is something that we really underestimate the power thereof. Um, unintentionally, we influence a whole bunch of people and we are also influenced by a bunch of people and sure. by a bunch, bunch of things around us. And so we need to be intentional about that influence how are we influencing those around us and then yesterday we spoke about what is the key to influence and we said that it is to understand people we understand people by connecting with them on various levels and so if you guys missed those conversations we really want to encourage you to go back and listen because without them this just doesn't become a complete picture now today's one is going to be good we're getting super practical again and it's all about creating a circle of influence so pastor jay what does this all mean how do you create a circle of influence yeah, so it is very important, Robin, for us to understand that our influence is within a specific domain. The moment you start thinking that you are influential in every aspect, you are fooling yourself. And many times people lose their respect uh, and their influence when they start trying to influence people outside of the circle of influence. So when you have a following, say, suppose you do dance. Those people that are following you, they've allowed you automatically to influence them in the in the area of dancing. The moment you now try to influence their lives beyond that, mm -hmm. uh, you are over exercising your influence. And sometimes people will respond negatively yeah. to that. Yeah, I think it's so easy to overstep boundaries to just go outside of those um, things that people have allowed you into. Yeah. Because it's for a very specific reason. And I think that there's very few people that we allow into very many aspects of our lives, areas of our lives. You know, I think, for example, um, someone like yourself as a pastor, people allow you into many more spaces within their lives. And as church leaders, you know, as we relate with people on different levels, they allow us into more aspects. But I think um, for the person listening right now, you know, maybe you're not a pastor. Yeah. Maybe you're just living your life and you're, you're starting to consider this whole thing about influence. So this is important for you to realize because you may be influential in one area but then you may seriously overstep a boundary and actually cause a relational issue if you try and influence outside of that. Yeah, and, and I like the example that you've used as a pastor because sometimes even when people join the church mm -hmm. and I'm leading them, I, I know that by allowing me to be their spiritual leader, they have opened their lives to me. But the, the reality is in certain aspects, I still need to grow my influence. Mm -hmm. I may be able to speak authoritatively when it comes to doctrine in their lives, yeah. but then 
then I must not just assume now I can speak into their business kind of thing. Yeah. They're like, uh, we, we want you to speak into our lives for spiritual matters. But as we grow ourselves, maybe I started following you because you're a great cook. But then when I realized behind the scenes, you're also a great mother. Mm. I'm like, you must also influence the way I do life with my family. And, and that's the whole aspect of growing in influence. And I think that comes down to something that we've spoken about a couple of times throughout this podcast, and that is building trust, yeah. getting people to trust you. And again, we spoke about things like character and integrity, and it is through those things. It's through being steadfast, being consistent, being worthy of someone's trust exactly. and having them come alongside you and look at your life and say, wow, I, yes, you're not perfect you know but you live your life so well and I can trust you because without trust you can never really build a circle of influence that will last yeah so true and you know I love what John Maxwell often says to challenge us as leaders because sometimes when you are leading you think you've got so much influence than you really have and he says hey guys if you think you really have so much influence try commanding mm -hmm. someone else's dog because <laughs> then you realize that dog doesn't trust you no matter what you say <laughs> the dog is not going to respond to your commands because there's no trust so we really need to be intentional about building trust with the people within our uh, our circle of influence now a circle of influence can become a community like for us a church community is my circle of influence mm. and then my natural community by extension i i can influence it but so we want to talk about what is your circle of influence and maybe for you maybe it's just your social media maybe it's just your friends but you have to be intentional in creating a real circle of influence where you can uh, grow your influence and Stephen Covey is quoted to be one of the first guys to coin this idea of a circle of influence and in his book seven habits of highly effective people he argues that there's a big difference between a circle of influence and a circle of concern and many times we think that mm. we can influence everything within our circle of concern and that's not true i might be genuinely concerned about politics but may never be able to influence uh the, the realm of politics and so the the circle of concern if you were to just picture this is a much bigger circle there are a lot of things that i could list as areas mm -hmm. of concern in my life like i'm i'm concerned about this and that and mm -hmm. and health and and politics and abortion but it doesn't mean that i can influence all those things so within the big circle there must be a smaller circle mm -hmm. where you you kind of limit yourself to say what can i really make a difference in and i think what people fail to realize is that especially if you are married you you're a husband you're a wife you're a mother you're a father your circle of influence becomes your husband your wife yes. your children kind of thing and i think often people neglect those relationships because they're trying to influence yeah. things that are way outside their actual circle of influence yes it may be in their circle of concern yeah. but it's only that it's a concern so you have people that are you know so vocal about things outside of their life mm. and they neglect what is actually a real concern what's happening within their family you know jesus would say to to the people come and see before i challenge your life come and see within my circle mm. come spend time with me and see my real circle of influence and i love doing this when i'm trying to draw people closer to us i bring them into our house and mm -hmm. hey just come and see how i do life at home because what you're seeing is what i'm hoping would draw you into my circle mm. of influence and that's why many times like big 
you know, people that have a big following or whatever, they will lose influence when people get closer to their lives mm. because people start to say, hey, I just saw how you treated your wife. I just saw how you treated your children, your family members, the people that are closest to you. And that actually doesn't cause me to trust you. If anything, it breaks down trust. And so this is something that is not like, guys, we need to take this seriously. Can the people, are we trustworthy to the people that are closest to us? Wow. Are we actually influencing them? Or do they actually think we're a joke when we're trying to influence greater spheres? That's really good, Robin. So the reality, guys, we are saying your circle of influence is that sphere where you can be real about the things that you are trying to model you can be real about who you are and then live that so real such that the influence begins to grow now robin the reason why we have in this episode is how then do we do this in practical ways how do we start building or creating a circle of influence well i think the way that you can increase your influence just automatically is by believing in people. We are people of faith, right? So we yeah. believe in God and we do something about that belief that we have. And so if we believe in God and we believe that people are made in the image of God and that there is potential in them um, for greater things, then we should have faith in people too. So Pastor Jay, I know you have a lot to say about that. What can you tell us? If we're going to build any circle for people to come within that circle, you have to believe in them because here's what I know about people. Here's uh, this is general concept around faith. Most people don't even have faith in themselves. Mm -hmm. I've seen this within church circles. You know that somebody has got potential, but when you speak to them, they don't believe they're good enough. They don't believe they have what it takes to be part of your circle of influence. Mm -hmm. So people don't believe in themselves. And so it is our port it is important for you as the influencer to believe in them. I think of my myself, you know, when my parents didn't believe in me being a pastor and being in ministry, there was a man who literally believed enough in me to pay for my Bible college fees and say, hey, you, you can be this, you can be great. And I can tell you how important it is to have somebody believing in you. And so if you really want to uh, create a good circle of influence, start believing in people. I think we say this some way that believing in people is not just like uh, I believe in you and saying it loosely. It's actually believing enough to do something about it. And I think also people can tell when someone has faith in them, oh, when true. someone believes in them, and that almost sparks a fire in them. Because when people can see, hey, this person believes in me. Mm. Even if I mess up, <laughs> even if I don't do things perfectly, they have faith in me. It's almost that thing of someone has faith in you before you've done anything That's to true. prove, you know, that you can achieve something or you can do something. They look at you, they recognize that there's something special in this person. And what follows from that is naturally that person will do whatever it takes to live up to that belief that wow. someone has in them. So it's a motivation. It causes like just perseverance and persistence and um, consistency to rise up in someone to say, hey, you know what? I may not have believed in myself yeah. and maybe my parents never believed in me, yeah. but there was this one person, like you said, exactly. that one man who had faith in you and obviously you did whatever you could, not to prove something, but just because you were like, wow, that caused so much faith to rise up in you because someone believed in you. So people, 
people generally will hold on yeah. to the faith that you put in them, especially when it's against all odds. Yeah. You know, when I've seen it even in the in the world of sport, you can have an underdog who's like really struggling. Then all of a sudden, the whole crowd starts cheering the underdog. You can see them outplay themselves. Their game just goes to the next level because all of a sudden they start just believing that, hey, People believe I am better than what I'm doing right now yeah. and they become better. So and that's I a think powerful thing. What I love about that is that that's almost like the essence of our faith. You know, God believed in us so much mm. that he sent his son so that we could be reconciled to him. So and it's like he had so much faith that there was something redeemable in us. Mm. Like there was this redemption quality and that causes us to then say, hey, I'm going to live my life for Christ. I'm going to lay it all down. And we just walk in that new identity because of that. And so good, Robin. And so what follows naturally from believing in people is this concept of enlarging people. You know, if you really believe in people, you never make people feel small around you. And I've noticed that if you want to be a person of great impact and great influence, make everybody around you feel bigger than they really are. Mm. And and I've been in spaces where I've felt really small. You know, the, you know when you enter into a room of greatness, you kind of like really feel like, I'm not worthy to be sitting here. I'm feeling like so small. And then you have this great man that you look up to. They come up to you and they just talk big around you. They lift you up. They're like, wow, great guy. It's so good to have you with, it's good to meet you. And, and you all of a sudden just start feeling like you actually belong here because somebody uh, made you feel bigger than you, you really are. And on the other side of that is, you know, <laughs> just made me think of the movie, The Devil Wears Prada. Mm. I don't know if you've seen it, but you know, it's like this really influential person in the fashion industry yeah. who's got this amazing reputation and, and they've got so much influence, yet they employ someone and they belittle them constantly yeah. to the point that they lose all kind of influence in their life kind of thing. And I think that we don't recognize how much power there is in making people feel good about themselves, making people feel better. You know, it's one of the worst things, uh, you know, to be belittled. Yeah. I don't know if you've been there. I've been there where it's like, <laughs> hey, someone makes you feel small. Someone yeah. makes you feel just less than. And that's just a really horrible feeling. And so naturally you lose influence when you belitt belittle people. Certainly. Be deliberate about the people that you enlarge. So you, you have to select people whose philosophy or life philosophy is similar to yours mm. because then it becomes natural. So I'm a pastor. Whenever I'm around pastors, I know that they are giving a lot and they are underappreciated. So I am just going to say, hey, because you're a pastor and I'm a pastor, I am going to genuinely do whatever I can to lift you up. And then I begin to enlarge them. Mm. And the other thing that you can do is that you choose people specifically for what you see in them. That's good. So you see potential yeah. and you see something that you can genuinely believe in and that you can actually come alongside them and cultivate that. So for me, that's one of the most exciting things. And I think, Pastor Jay, that's kind of what you did with me. Oh my. Because <laughs> left to myself, I never would have, I don't think, ended up where I am today yeah. because I never saw myself as being good enough to be in ministry, as being good enough to, you know, work for a church, to do all the things that I've been so honored and privileged to do right now. Yeah. If, if it hadn't been for you and Pastor Ray, 
already coming alongside me saying, hey, I see something in you. And there's two specific moments. It was number one, when you um, kind of spoke to me about coming here initially. And then when I wanted to leave, (laughs) you know, I wanted to leave. I wanted to go and explore something else. And you guys were just like, hey, you know, we believe in you. We believe that we want you here. And that changed my life completely. So those were like two defining moments where you guys were like, we're going to enlarge you. We're going to speak life into you. We're going to show you that you have potential, even if you don't believe it kind of thing. And quite honestly, you have lived up to the potential that we saw in you in many ways. And there's still things that we know that you're still to attain. Mm. But the reality is we didn't do it for everybody. You know, there's some people that have been around and we're kind of like, okay, yeah, your season is up. But when, when it's genuine, it's not hard work. It just comes naturally. You know, if you met a great musician, no matter what they are saying, mm. you're just kind of like, man, every time I listen to you, every time I see you do your thing, yeah. you're just great. So it's going to be natural. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really good. But I think something to note on that, Pastor Jay, is that you may genuinely believe in someone and see their potential, but the responsibility is still there. Oh, yeah. So, you know, believing in someone is not enough. You can't actually do the work for them. They have to make up their minds. And at some point, it may take work. It may take speaking identity and purpose and things for a long season. Yeah. But eventually they need to wake up to that potential themselves and actually walk in that. So that's a really important thing. That's good. So one of the things that I love doing is when I want to influence somebody intentionally, I want to make sure that they are close enough to me. So most times I draw you into our circle of influence. I will bring you into some sphere of which I know that my life will interact with yours so that in us doing life, you can at least understand where I'm coming from and yeah, hopefully be under my influence. Definitely. So Pastor Jay, another important way that you can influence someone is by nurturing them. Now, the word nurture just brings to my mind like a mother nurturing a child. And for me, what I think about is there are a lot of hurting people in the world right now. You know, (laughs) the world's gotten a bit crazy and, you know, you just switch on the news, you switch on social media and you just see a whole lot of hurting broken people who need nurturing and so one of the ways it's almost it's already set up for you is hey go and nurture someone go and love on them and the way that we can do that is by just being genuinely concerned about them yeah you you cannot effectively influence people unless you're genuinely concerned so uh, again coming back to Stephen Covey's circles it starts with a circle of concern. If I'm not genuinely concerned, I am not going to genuinely influence mm. you. I may m- manipulate you. I yeah. may, you know, whatever, exercise some form of control over your mind, but I'm not going to be genuine. And the thing is, is that there's no selfishness in that. When you're genuinely concerned about someone, you actually lay your life down in a yeah. way. So it's like, hey, I don't have time. My schedule is packed. But when I say that I'm going to have coffee with you, I'm going to follow through and I'm going to do it because I care about you. I'm concerned about what's happening in your life. And I recognize that my life may be so busy. I may have no time. But because of the fact that I am willing to lay down self and I care about you that much and I believe in you that much, I'm willing to make the time. I'm willing to make space for you in my life. So good, Robin. People need to be cared for, not just for their physical needs. I think some of the things that 
kind of repel us from being nurturing to the people that we want to influence is we think, well, the moment I say yes to nurturing you, your every need becomes my need. Mm. I need to be there 24 uh, seven. And I can't do that. And nobody, yeah. nobody can do that. No way. <laughs> and especially as you grow in influence, if you are influencing thousands and thousands of people, you cannot be there for each and every one of them on that level of trying to meet all their personal needs kind of thing. You can't do it. You can't be their savior. You know, (laughs) as Christians, I think this is one of the things that I've started to realize in my ministry walk is like, I'm not Jesus. I'm not Holy Spirit, you know? Such deliverance right there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I can love on you. I can care for you. I can genuinely be there for you, but I'm not responsible for saving you. And so I think that's an important caution just to put in there as well. Yeah, so it means that, hey, I am committed to caring for you, to loving you, Mm. to supporting you, but I am not committed to meeting your every need. And and that should be clear. At the moment, you know, there are some people that you follow now, just be real about it. There are some people that are influencing your life. You you haven't even touched base no, with them. No, never even spoken with you them. Never, yeah, you know? And, and, and the moment you start thinking, hey, they owe it to me to give me a phone mm. call every day and see how I'm doing. <laughs> They're going to quickly tell you, hey, go find somebody else. Exactly. So you actually set yourself up for disappointment (laughs) if that's what you're expecting from people. So I think one of the things, the greatest things about genuinely caring about people is that you want to see them grow. You want to lift them up. You want to see them work on their nonsense, work on their issues, get past their trust issues, whatever it is that they're dealing with. Um, You just genuinely care enough to come alongside them, to give them the tools, to be practical. Because also, you know, one of the things that that I think we get so wrong is someone asks for prayer and you say I'm praying for you do you actually pray (laughs) you know someone needs something and you're just like oh I'm sending good thoughts your way positive thinking (laughs) and da 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 but you don't actually ever do something about it so it requires you to actually take action to do something about caring for someone so good I love what you said about nurturing being connected to uh, growth because that's what a mother does a mother nurtures their children so that they will grow the outcome of good nurturing is growth and as an influencer as you begin to create your circle of influence your your desire should be I want to see the people within my circle of influence grow and I've often said this when it's time for you to grow and go to the next season I want to be the first one to celebrate that because I didn't get you into the circle so that you can just help me mm. I also want to help you grow Definitely. So, Pastor Jay, this has been, I think this is my favorite conversation this whole week. So, we've said that in order to influence people, you need to have faith in them, you need to enlarge them, and you need to nurture them. But the last thing that we want to touch on is really kind of the most important because without this key, and what I love about this one is that it's super practical. So, without getting this one right, it's going to be really difficult to get anything else right in the whole influencing area. So, and what is that? What is that, Pastor Jay? <laughs> you know what? If you get a group of people around you and you want them to be in the circle that you influence, so one of the first things that you really need to master is the art of listening to mm. people. If you are not able to listen to people, you are not going to effectively influence them. So listening is a practical way in which you can influence people because when you listen to people, you get to hear uh, different aspects of what's happening in their lives. You, yeah. you get to hear what's in their heart. So listening is critical. 
And I think I'm remembering when we were sitting around the table and you started speaking about this, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a good listener. Uh, This is something that I'm really strong at. And I think naturally that will be what people think. Like, I'm great at listening, you know. Um, But I think when we actually dive into this, you'll see that maybe you have a little bit of work to do. And so you shared this thing called the ladder principle. And basically that is an acronym for these things that we're about to share. And I love just the picture that I see in my head of climbing a ladder, getting to the top um, of your listening game, if you want to put it that way. And so the first letter L stands for looking at the speaker. Mm. When you are listening to someone, you need to look at them. Now this may sound obvious, but as we said, before we live in the age of social media we live in the in this time where we don't have supper at a dinner table anymore with our families we have it around a tv and we're looking at a tv instead of at each other and so this requires intentionality looking at the speaker when you are listening to them and i loved what you said about this passage you said meanings are not in words but in people sometimes you can be saying all the right things but because your attention is not fixed on them because you're not really looking into them into their eyes it it just gets lost in translation and so i think that's a really important one look at the speaker so good and the second one there is the letter a which stands for asking questions you need to ask questions if you're going to become a better listener This, just this one step is going to take your listening ability to the next level because I believe this is the quickest way to become a better listener. Mm -hmm. Just pause, ask questions. Definitely, and it just shows that extra little bit of interest. You know, you try to determine what are they currently hoping for? What right now is going to make them happy? What is their pain? How can you help them? It just makes them know that, hey, this person is really listening to me. And then the next one, D for don't interrupt When you are listening to someone, give them your undivided attention. Listen for that moment where you can naturally um, interject, flow in the conversation. But one of the worst things when, you know, um, you are talking and someone is supposedly listening to you is when they just cut you off and they show that, hey, they're not actually that invested in listening. So good, because as a communicator or as a teacher, some, many times I'm trying to say something and somebody interjects at the wrong time. Mm. And you can tell they were not listening because if they were listening, they would know that, okay, you have concluded a thought. So wow. let me now ask or let me then contribute because you are at the end of your thought. But when somebody just kind of cuts your thought, it's like, mm. did you even listen to what I'm trying mm. to say? And and yeah, that, that just shows you're not a good listener. And well, they double D's on uh, from the word ladder. And so the next one is don't change the subject. It's like, I know people that they supposedly listening to you, the moment you start speaking, they're like, oh yeah, yeah. But, and then they change the subject. Mm-hmm. No, you were not listening to me. So avoid changing the subject. If you really want to listen to people, let them speak, let them determine the subject and then you listen. And I, I love doing this when I meet new people. I'm like, okay, I'm asking them a few questions or when they start saying, I'm like, okay, you determine what we want to talk about. And that just allows me to become a better listener. 
Definitely. I just thought of someone that I know who just naturally does this. Like, and it, it, they're almost known in the whole group as this person that is not really listening. So when they enter, the conversation just takes off into another direction. <laughs> subject is changed right there. So yeah, be conscious of this. Don't change the subject. The next one is E for emotion. Check your emotions. But more than that, check the emotions of the person that you are conversing with. Mm. Um, I love what you said as well. Leaders must keep current on the undercurrent. And so mm. you need to know, hey, what is actually happening inside of this person? Not just what they're saying. What is the body language? You know, what's yeah. happening in their eyes? That may sound really like, ooh, you know, that's <laughs> deep. But really, if we want to connect with people it requires us to go this deep when listening to them. Certainly. And the last one is that R for become a responsive listener. When people feel like you're not listening, they will find somebody else that is listening. And ultimately, that's when you lose your influence. Yeah. So if you have been, for argument's sake, if you've been trying to speak to me, maybe just as your boss, and you're trying to, hey, I've been trying to get your attention to tell you what's really happening in my life, and you have not been listening you're going to find somebody else in another organization that is just going to listen and that's where you're going to go. And then I wonder what happened. I wasn't a responsive listener. I was not engaged in what you were saying. And just to clarify, responsive listening is not about, mm, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> it actually requires you to be invested in the conversation. It is, um, at times, even repeating things back to the person, asking questions. I love how these actually all work together. Mm. So maybe you're that kind of person. Um, I just thought of um, the movie White Chicks, you know, where <laughs> this guy comes to his wife and his wife is like um, talking, talking, talking. And she's like, Marcus, are you even listening to me? And he's busy falling asleep. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, yeah, baby, I'm listening. I'm listening. And eventually he actually falls asleep, but all the while going, mm, right, yeah, <laughs> I'm listening to you, but not actually listening. So it's not actually about giving a response. A response is not good enough. It's about actually hearing what the person is saying. So good. You cannot effectively respond in a conversation if mm. you're not listening. You can, yeah, give the mm, ah, uh, and many times, like for us in marriage, we know it gets you in trouble because you get a whole lot of instruction while you're watching the television or reading the newspaper and you agree to it, but you didn't listen to anything. And then when, when the wife comes, like, why didn't you do this? Like, uh, when did you tell me that? Yeah. But you agreed to it. So we have to be, um, you know, engaged in the conversation. Definitely. So you need to check your listening. This doesn't come naturally. You actually have to practice to become a very good listener. And so the last thing we're going to share right now is just asking yourself these questions to determine if you are a good listener. We're not going to go into super detail on this, but yeah. these are just straightforward questions that you can ask yourself and you need to answer honestly, because, hey, you may get to the end of this list and be like, I'm actually a pretty terrible listener, but that's okay. That means that you know, and now you can work on it. And again, you may be an above average listener. You can still work on getting better. This is something that we can constantly work on. And so the first one that you can ask yourself is, do I allow the speaker to finish without interrupting? Yes or no? <laughs> Do I listen between the lines that is for subcontext or subtext? Uh, am I listening between the lines? Tone, 
right? Um, emotion, so, body language, that kind of stuff. The next one is, do I actively try to retain important facts? There's nothing worse than having a conversation with someone over and over and over again simply because they never listen to you. Yeah. Like they keep asking you, so where are you from? What are you studying? You know, <laughs> they don't ever retain important facts about you. Sometimes it's just like retaining their name. You have wow. asked me 20 yeah. times, what's your name? And I've told you, come on, at least greet me by my name, you know? The next one applies more to texting, email, maybe social media when writing a message. And again, these can be so misinterpreted, even in the age of emojis, you know, emojis yeah. don't fix everything. <laughs> so when writing a message, do you listen for and set down key facts and phrases, especially when it comes to messages, because it's so easy for people to read something in a message that is not actually there. So good. And you can ask yourself a question, do I repeat the details of a conversation, especially to make sure that all the facts are right? That's good. One that people really don't get right a lot of the time. The next one is, do I avoid getting hostile or agitated <laughs> when I disagree with the speaker? Oh, that's a good sign of listening. You yeah. know, I want to hear you out. I just don't want to express my side. Mm. And do I tune out any distractions when listening, which is very, very important. Like you said, again, we are in this age of distractions. There's so many distractions. And when you're trying to listen to somebody, are you quick to tune out distractions and tune into what the person is saying? So good. And then finally, do I try to seem interested in what other people are saying are you actively engaged in the conversation? Are you interested in what they are sharing with you? Because to you, it may sound like they're just talking about their dog, but to them, their dog may be the biggest thing in their heart right now so and their greatest concern. So are you actually interested in what they are saying? Well, Pastor Jay, we have come to the end of this conversation and this has genuinely been my favorite so far of this week. It's been so good. So, so good, so good. Robert. So thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. Tomorrow we are going to be sharing the final one for this month. Bright week is almost over, sadly. But hey, you can always um, go back to previous episodes. Keep growing with us. Share this with someone. Um, make it a conversation point and just keep growing. <laughs>